0: to bring this to you. I have been dreaming about how to share my journey and my experience with separation and divorce for quite some time. I kept a journal during that process that I referenced back to, um, to see how I had changed, how my thoughts had matured, or how Time and space had uh, changed my feelings and my perspectives. And I really felt that it was a healthy experience that we all go through. We all handle it in different ways, but the underlying pains and doubts and confusions, I believe that they're all relative and that we can all relate, that they're universal. So first of all, my name is Josie. Hello to everyone out there. I figured that it would be a good idea to start by telling you my story so that you will know where I'm coming from and have a little more context once we get into actually going through my journal of divorce. So about me. Well, I am a Puerto Rican or from Puerto Rican descent, and I was the first member of our family to be born in the continental United States. My parents were not only Puerto Rican, but they were also Catholic. So there was a very stern, strict upbringing. So um, growing up, there were a lot of rules. I'm proud to say that for myself, I was not a rule breaker. I was not a troublemaker. When it came to boys, my parents did not have any problems with me in that aspect. I did have some problems with school. I hated school. I did not like school. So there was some problems there. But as far as boys were concerned, I was not boy crazy. I wasn't chasing around boys. They didn't have to worry about that. Okay, so my first boyfriend. I was 16 years old when I had my first official boyfriend. Um, Obviously, my parents weren't thrilled about it, but um, I met him during summer school one year, and we just kind of clicked, and I told my parents. And um, that was also when I had my first kiss at 16. It was sweet. It was special. Um, But... The relationship didn't last because my parents did not allow me to go anywhere without a chaperone, anywhere with him unless my sister or my younger brother tagged along. And, you know, kids at 16, they want to do a lot more than they can probably do with a chaperone around, and that just was not in the cards for our little relationship. So on a Wednesday, in front of a friendlies, restaurant. Before a church group meeting, my boyfriend showed up to talk to me and basically broke up with me. So that was a little devastating. I think we lasted a month and a half, but you know, such is life. Then we move forward to, well, in high school, I might've had like another couple boyfriends, but like super minor, like guys that I walked around the halls in school with and held hands with. They were so minor that I couldn't even remember their names. And if there was three of them, then that's too many. Then my next serious boyfriend would have been when I was 20 years old. And I met him at work. We worked together. And he was like six or seven years older than I was. So, um, of course, my parents weren't loving that either. He had his own apartment. He was like an adult. And I lived with my parents, of course, because in a Latin family, parents don't want you to leave. They want you to stay living with them until you are married. And that basically goes for the boys and the girls. So, or that's how it used to be. I think maybe things have loosened up. But for my family, that's how it was. So he... He was a nice guy. We got along well. My parents were not forcing the chaperone rule at that point, but they were uh giving me a curfew. It was usually like 10 p.m. or something like that. And of course, no way could I consider overnight trips or anything like that. And I remember one day I went over to his apartment to check it out and, you know, see where he lived. And when I went back home, I was talking to my mom and I was telling her how, you know, he had his remote controls like alphabetically ordered or just some some weird thing I noticed about his apartment. And she kind of gave me this look and then she left and then she came back with my dad and then. They sat me down and they said, you went to his apartment? And I was like, yes, I did. And they were very unhappy. And they said that I was not allowed to go to his apartment, that um, it was not decent. It was not correct, that it reflected badly on me. It reflected badly on them. And imagine if someone saw me walking out of his apartment. Okay, so that upset me because... I know what I should and shouldn't do. They raised me well enough to know how to respect myself and what my boundaries are. So I didn't think that there was a problem going to his apartment because I know what I should and shouldn't do and what I would allow and not allow to do. And if it was because somebody is going to see me walking out of the apartment, I don't care if somebody I know sees me walking out of my boyfriend's apartment. I don't care what they're going to think about me. That doesn't matter to me but my parents did not feel the same way, obviously. So the new rule was I was not allowed to go to his apartment. Now, I was 20 and I was not really feeling it. So yes, of course, I still continued to go to his apartment, uh, but I was not dumb enough to bring it up to them anymore. That being said, I had a very strong conviction that, of not sleeping with him. And um, that came from probably all of the Catholic uh, pounding into me about decency and virginity and because the Virgin Mary would be sad and all of this stuff that worked in my head. And that's okay, I felt good about having that conviction. And honestly, I knew that as much crap as I talked to my parents about knowing my boundaries and whatever, that I wasn't going to be able to sleep with him, have sex with him, and then walk back into my parents' house and look him in the face. I just wasn't going to be able to do that. So I knew where my boundaries were. And um, uh, the one thing I will say for this guy is that he respected that. I never felt pressured or felt guilted because nothing happened. I'm not going to say that nothing happened. We fooled around, but it was so... Uh, Looking back on it now, it was really just the most minimalist of things that could have happened. So that being said, that relationship, even though one day while we were swimming in a pool after a baby shower, he asked me to marry him. And I'm like, sure. So, hey, we were engaged for like five minutes and then he had to move away because he lost his job and couldn't find a place to Work that he felt would pay him what he deserved, and so he moved away, and we had a long distance relationship for like I don't know another five minutes because his best friend then decided to pull me aside because we all worked together and tell me that he wanted me to know that my boyfriend had cheated on me while we were you know when we were together. He cheated on me, and I think if I remember correctly, he actually handed me a letter my boyfriend wrote to his best friend talking about things and one of the things that he read that he wrote in that letter that really bothered me was that he basically called me a little girl and that hurt me of course when i think back on it now you know what i was 20 i was young and he considered me a little girl which i guess worked to my benefit because maybe that's part of the reason why He didn't try to um, pressure me into anything, you know, more than the little things that we did. So, but it also stung, you know, he commented on, yes, my curfew. We couldn't go uh, anywhere for the weekend. We couldn't be out past 10, which, you know, for a 26, 27 year old guy, there's plenty of things he would like to do maybe with his girlfriend that he couldn't do. So that was again, a bummer. But the one thing that I remember about that point in time and that I'm really proud about is that when I found out that he had cheated on me and when I read how he thought about me, I was just, it was like a switch. As soon as I saw that, I like stopped feeling anything for him. And it was just the, it was amazingly easy. And I just referenced that because in the future, as you will hear through this journal, it was not anywhere near that easy. But I know that I was in a healthy point in my time where I uh, had self confidence. I felt good about myself. I knew my value and I knew my worth. And I was like, okay, this is what he thinks about me. Okay, he cheated on me. Okay, Um, whatever. We're done. And I just cut him off cold turkey at that point. So there wasn't really a lot of internet or any of that stuff that I needed to worry. I didn't need to disconnect in a lot of ways. I just stopped writing him letters and he got the hint and that was it. We were done. So that was the last relationship before I met my husband. And I met my husband when I was 21 years old and I met him through this thing called America Online. Some of you guys may know what that is, but that was the baby beginning of the internet. That was when the internet was first starting out, when you had to dial up to get in. And I just loved America Online. It was new and different and so cool and I remember back then I did two things on the internet, played and chatted on America Online, or I watched trailers for movies with QuickTime. Like those were the two most amazing things. I could sit there for hours doing that. Well, while I was on America Online, you were in chat rooms and a lot of different people were there and talking. And I will tell you, this was like... The infancy of the internet. And there, and when you were in chat rooms at that time, there was a lot of people that just wanted to talk. They just wanted to see what's out there. They just wanted to try this new thing. They were all normal, decent people. You didn't see a lot of weird stuff. You didn't hear a lot of ugliness or crudeness or nothing. It was just curious people trying to reach out further than you know their neighborhood or their town. So um, one day I was chatting in a group, and the thing about those chat rooms were that you would say something, you would type something, you could pick your color for your words, and you would type it, and it would go into the room, and then whoever you happened to be chatting with would see what you wrote and reply. By the time they replied, like ten other people had replied, and you had to just keep following the colors to see who is it that I'm talking to, and it kind of looked like a bit of a jumble. But they also had private rooms. So you could open up your own private room and just have one or two or three people in there, which made the conversation a lot easier. So that's what happened. I met this guy one day, and um, his name we're going to go with as Guy. I've also, oh, disclaimer that I haven't said yet. Throughout this story, I will be changing names for certain people and friends and family and of course my ex because I think that even though this is my story it is a very personal story and I think it's the least I can do is to do what I can to keep everybody as anonymous as possible right so Guy his name is Guy so I met Guy and he invited me to a private chat room. So we went to this chat room and then we just started talking and just about, you know, whatever. Where are you from? What do you do? He lived a couple states away from me. And so we just chatted. It was really, it was neat. And you know, you can only chat so much, especially back then when it was just typing, there were no pictures. You couldn't upload pictures. You couldn't really do much else, but chat with each other. So from there we quickly moved to the telephone. Also, calling long distance was not cheap back then, but, you know, you did what you had to do. So we started calling each other long distance. He was a college kid on a college campus, you know, living off student loans, broke. But um, so I would call. I would call him. We would talk. We got to know each other pretty well. Um, This was uh, like in during September. I met him around September one year. So we talked and talked and talked like crazy, just on the phone for hours. And my bills, my, my, I was going to say cell phone bill, my telephone bill would come to like $300 a month, which was crazy back then. I don't even know what I was doing, but yeah, you know, I lived with my parents. I didn't have a lot of bills, so it was okay. And then, um, finally we wrote each other and he sent me pictures of himself. So I was so nervous to get these pictures. I was like praying that he was cute because by then, you know, my little heart was feeling for him and I just was like, please let him be cute because if he's like, you know, super ugly or, you know, and maybe he'd think the same of me when he saw my picture. But thank God I got his pictures and he was a real cutie. I was really happy to see that he was cute. Now, of course, I sent, I showed the photos to my parents, specifically my mom. Hey, look, here, here's a picture of him. Here's what he looked like. She, of course, was not happy about the relationship already. Of course, it worked out to their benefit that he didn't live anywhere near me, so they didn't have to worry about me going out, uh, having to deal with curfews, or having to deal with, uh, you know, doing anything that would be immodest. I don't know if that's the word. Doing something that would make them stressed out or unhappy. But anyway, when I showed her the photos, one of the photos that he sent me, his friend was flipping the bird to the camera, and forget it. That was the nail in his coffin. My mother was so unhappy and disgusted about that, and she's like, what kind of guy is going to send you pictures like that? He doesn't have any respect for you. So forget it, the poor guy. He had already um, burned a bridge with my parents. Anyway, we continued to talk. Something that I discovered during that time was that I have a personality where I feel like I want to heal and save people, right? Guy had a difficult family life. He had a mother who was, uh, had a drug addiction. He had a father who had remarried. And his stepmother did not care for him much at all. So he felt really alone, really isolated. Um, he was lonely which makes sense because that's mostly what people were on the internet for back then. They were trying to meet people. And he just seemed really sad and really alone. And I felt like I could save this guy. I felt like I could save him. And he needed me. And I could make him happy. And so that is where this whole relationship kind of started from. You know, he... Called me. Uh, I remember one time he called me when he got some terrible news about you know something his mother had done, and he was just a wreck over the phone. And I and my heart broke for him. And I just was like, you know, come here, come here to me, and I, I and I can help you, and you can be with me, and we can. I don't know what I thought I could do. I was twenty one year old, but I just my heart broke for him, and I wanted to help him, and I felt at that point that I loved him. So. And he had said, I think already, he had probably said that he loved me. I don't know. I don't remember. But anyway, moving things forward. So he decided that he was going to take a break after the spring semester. He was going to come over to my state and stay just a couple months until the fall semester started. That was the plan. Come over, you know, get a little apartment hang out here, see what it's like, see me, you know, see what kind of relationship we could possibly have and um, we'll go from there. So I told my parents that he was thinking about doing this and I started looking for apartments for him, like cheap places that he would be able to go to move to So my parents started with, well, you know, even if he comes here, you're not allowed to go to his apartment and uh, you understand the rules that we have for you. And and by this time. I had already had two previous boyfriends break up with me because of my parents, not because of my parents, but because of their rules and the guys couldn't handle it. And I felt like I really loved this guy and I wasn't going to let my parents now, ruin a third relationship for me because of their rules when they didn't trust that I knew what I was doing. So, I made the decision that I said, You know what? I refuse to lie to you and say, Okay, I'm not going to go to his apartment. No, I said, I'm not going to lie. You know what I'm going to do? I'm moving out. That's what I'm going to do. So, I was going to move out. And then, of course, You put two and two together. Well, I'm moving out and he's coming and looking for a place. So doesn't it just make sense that we move out together? Of course, that's the next logical connection. But me being the person that I am, I also was like, well, I can't just live with him by myself because that would look bad. So I went on the hunt to get another roommate so that if I'm living with another person and him and, you know, the other person would be a girl then it wouldn't look so bad. So I don't blame my parents. I'm not blaming my parents. Uh, it sounds like I am, but I understand now as a parent myself that they just had their rules and they had their feelings and convictions and they were doing the best, the best they could. But I also felt at that time that, hey, I needed to stand up for myself and on my own and do what I felt was going to be right for me. So we did. We moved in together, and, you know, it was, of course, the honeymoon phase, everything's great, and guess what? Well, I didn't have to go back home to my parents' house after hanging out with him, because now I lived with him, so, well, if you can't guess it, I'm going to tell you. Of course, I had sex with him, so there it is. I did it, finally. I was 21 years old, and I had sex with him. And then I did not use protection. And would you like to know why I didn't use protection? This story always amazes people when I tell them. Because I used to watch this TV show called Homefront, and I loved this TV show. I don't think you can find it on syndication or anything, but you might want to check. And on that episode, there was a lady a very religious Catholic lady who was going to sleep with a man and the man was going to go buy condoms. And she said, no, because if you buy the condoms, that means you're thinking about having sex and then you have sex. And that's like double sinning. So don't buy the condoms because if we just have sex, then that's just the one sin. And that's what they did. And do you know what happened? The lady ended up pregnant. So I didn't learn the whole story. I mean, I I watched it and I was like, oh my God, I see what she's saying about the double sinning. But I didn't pay attention to the part where, hey, that didn't quite work out for them because then she got pregnant. So then, of course, I got pregnant. (laughs) So there went his plan about going back to school and leaving again in the fall. And honestly, I did tell him, listen, I'm pregnant, and I feel like I can handle this. I can do this. If you want to go back and finish school and do what you need to do, I understand that. I'm not going to hate you for it. But he said, no, I'm going to stay. I'm going to take care of my family. I know, and he has told me since that he was scared to death, uh, dying inside, but he stood up. And I, I was proud of him for doing that. Then, of course, the next thing that happens is I've got to go to tell my parents So I go to see my mom. I didn't mention that my mother refused to meet him. She wouldn't see him. She wouldn't look at him. No, I mean, she wouldn't meet him. She had no interest in meeting him. My brothers and sisters came to my house or my apartment, saw it, checked it out, met him, but my mother wanted nothing to do with him. So then when I had to go talk to her and tell her, I went, I sat down with her one day and I said, okay, mom, you know what? I think you're right. We decided that we should get married. And she's like, oh, I'm so glad that you should get married because you're living in sin and marriage is the right way. And you'll see, you'll understand what I'm talking about when you have kids. And then she gave me, she looked at me and I guess she saw it all over my face. And she said, are you pregnant? And I moved a little further away on the couch. And then I said, yes. And she didn't slap me or beat me up or anything. She just stared at me, and then said, well, you're going to have to tell your father. So, of course, when my father came home, my mother said, your daughter has something to tell you, and I told him. And also, again, I don't remember his reaction being horrible. I do remember that he basically didn't talk to me, but it wasn't in an obvious and ugly way. I was so wrapped up in what was happening in my life at that point that I didn't really notice that he was standoffish. But apparently... Um, he was. So um, we didn't exactly get married at that point because I also had a strong feeling that I don't think you should get married just because of a child. So even though the plan was to get married, we didn't get married before my son was born. But we did end up moving back into my parents' house because that whole roommate situation ended not very well, So I basically messed myself up again because I wanted a buffer between myself and my boyfriend and the outside world's judgment. And the roommate was a complete disaster. So that didn't work out. So we moved in with my parents. I had my son. So Guy ended up getting a really good job. He knew a lot about computers. He got in uh, on some technology work, and he, we started doing well. We were able to move out of my parents' house into a little apartment. After we moved into our little apartment and were there for a good few years, um, I really wanted us to get a house because I thought it was important for my son to have uh, you know a yard and, and, and a bigger space, and we were on the third floor, and he loved to run around, and the neighbors didn't like it, and so we moved, we found a nice beautiful my uh i loved it. i loved this house we found the most beautiful two story house with a lot of space and room for everybody and i don't want to say it was my dream house but you know what when i look back now it's the house i dream about so i guess it was my dream house and we found this house and i loved it and it was great but um the relationship wasn't great unfortunately We had a lot of troubles. Something that I have come to learn is that when you're broken in the way that he was, he grew up without a real family. He grew up without a mother and father uh, being there constantly. His mother was a mess. His father was kind of non-existent. He didn't understand what family life was like, and he struggled so much with having to... Be in this family unit. To him, it didn't feel normal. He just didn't understand. This doesn't feel normal to me, he would say. And I'm like, but you don't know what normal is. I grew up with m- parents that were married. They fought, of course, but they were still together uh, when I was 20 something years old when I left the house to get married. Uh, my brothers and sisters were there. I was surrounded by family all of my life. So this was normal to me. Yes, you go to work, you come home, you play with your kid, you have dinner, you play with your kid some more, you get them to bed. You wake up, you do the same thing. That's that's <laughs> that's life. It really is. That's life. I was a stay-at-home mom. Um, and even though I was a stay-at-home mom, I was always hustling, trying to come up with different ways to make money. If I made stuff, if I joined you know, little cell groups, if I did Avon, stuff like that, I was always trying to, to bring in some money myself, and that was uh, money was another issue between us, unfortunately, because he made a decent amount of money, but he loved to spend. He loved gadgets. He loved electronics, and he hated that uh, he couldn't get everything he wanted. And we would discuss bills. We would discuss payments. I I handled the bills and everything, and I would tell him we can't spend it on this because we need to pay for that. And he just, it was always a constant struggle. And I still to this day hate to talk to people about money. I don't like talking about money. I don't like arguing about money. It's very uncomfortable for me. I've become very good at handling my own money. But when I have to discuss money with other people, uh, I I just, I don't like it. I, I, I feel very uncomfortable. Not discussing their money. I can help you tell you what to do with your money. But when I have to tell somebody, hey, you know, we got to split this bill or you've got to do this with me. That's where the uncomfortableness comes in. But anyway, that's a whole nother subject. So he uh, he wasn't happy. And then in his job, a tech job, he was with so many guys. Right. He was with a whole bunch of guys. And all of these guys, most of these guys were all in their early 20s, just like him. And they were single and they were constantly doing stuff, doing whatever the heck they wanted, going wherever they wanted. And he had to come home every night to his wife and son. And that was not working for him either. Another aspect of our relationship was that we were not exactly compatible sexually. And by that, I mean, and I don't know if I just wasn't comfortable with in general or he just got unlucky that he ended up marrying a Catholic virgin, which you know, since he was my only guy, that's that's what I'm going with. I was a virgin. So um, he enjoyed, the internet expanded, let's just say, during this time that we were together, and there was a lot more that you could find on there if you really looked, and he sure liked to look, so you know what I'm saying. And that was insulting to me. I didn't appreciate that, but you know, it was there. He was curious. He wanted to whatever. But then it started leaving cyberspace and he started talking to me about swinging and maybe we should consider swinging. And I was just like, what are you talking about? Um, I don't think so. And also that hurts my feelings because I should be enough for you. So I remember that I started gaining weight, a lot of weight, a lot of weight. And I look back on it now and realize that this was my um, my shield. Like nobody's going to want to fool around with me if I look this bad. And so I just let myself go. And of course, that wasn't working for him either because I, he wasn't finding me attractive. But that was my protective mechanism. And I remember that things got even to a point where I went out to dinner with a girl, the wife of some random guy that my husband had met online to swing with. So these two men got together, talked about their wives, and then they sent us out together. They sent us out to have dinner with each other to discuss, to see what we thought about each other and uh, to report back to them so hopefully, hey, they can have this dream that they've been hoping for, right? Right. So so, I went out to dinner, and I met her, and we sat across from each other, and we looked at each other, and we talked, and really what we talked about was that we couldn't believe what we were doing, and what we were considering, and why we were considering it. And unfortunately for her, she had done more than consider. She had done things that her husband had requested her to do. She had already met with a couple or two, but she looked so sad. She looked broken. And I was like, um hell no, this is not happening. This is absolutely not happening. Uh, when I got home, um Guy was like, hey, how'd it go? How was it? And I was like, you know what? We weren't really into each other. And I just, um I don't even remember how I got out of not that happening again. I think I basically had to say, you know what? This is not happening. And that was just another rift between us. But I always go back to... I grew up with married parents. I grew up Catholic. I married in the Catholic Church. I promised God till death do us part, and I meant it. So even with all this craziness going on, I wanted my family. I couldn't imagine not having my family. My family was everything to me. My son needed his father. So um, also, I had become very dependent on his income. Well, I had no income. We had a house. I loved my house. We had a son. I loved my son. And I basically needed my husband to continue to survive. And I hate now that I put myself in that position, but that was the position I'm in. And that's the position that many women put themselves in because you think you're in a partnership. Okay. You work, you take care of the bills. I'm here. I'll take care of the home. I take care of your meals. I take care of your comfort. I take care of your kid. And that just never turns out to be a very equal trade, unfortunately. Anyway, I digress. So um, when my son was getting close to eight years old, I told my husband, you know what? We, uh, we should talk about having another child because I don't want my son to grow up being the only child. I mean, he's already eight. So probably it's not going to be such a close connection. But I had always dreamed about a little girl, always my entire life, I always wanted a little girl. And I still had that hope and that dream. And I didn't want to give that up. And even though adding um, baby weight to my already whopping 200 pounds was going to be scary, and apparently way scarier of a thought for my husband than for me, It, um, I, I wanted that child. And even though we were in a, weren't in a comfortable, happy relationship, I wanted that other child. And so he said, you know what? Sure. Let's talk about it. How about February? Let's talk about it in February. So, okay. I said, let's talk about it in February. Well, when February came around, I'm like, okay, it's February. We said we would talk about having a child. And he said, yeah, you know, I thought about it and I think that I want a break instead. I'm not happy. I think I need a break. Those were some devastating words for me to hear. I came into the room thinking we were going to have baby talk. And I walked out of the room hearing that my husband was not happy, needing a break, wanted to break up. I I don't know what I heard. I wasn't sure. So we decided that he would take a weekend or five days and stay at a hotel. Of course, financially, we were not really in a position for him to be able to go to a hotel for an extended amount of time. And so he he went. I remember there was a weekend included there. or I just remember that my son was acting weird and wanted to see him. And I told him, I think you should take him for one night, even though it was just a hotel, so they could spend time together. And he took him and then I was miserable that night and I was just a mess and crying because then I was alone in the house and too much time to think. So that probably didn't work out so well. And he told me so. He said, it was too soon. You shouldn't have sent him with me. But he was right. So then when uh, I call him one night to see what he's doing, he had come back from salsa dancing. He had gone to salsa dancing. And I was just like, are you kidding me? We're broke? I'm you know, juggling bills so that you can go and stay in this hotel and then you're salsa dancing? Like, what is this about? Anyway, he was, well, experienced. What life would be? Single, I guess. He was really taking full advantage of that time. And uh, he came back to the house because we just couldn't continue to pay a hotel. And he still felt that he needed a break. And then this is where one of the biggest regrets of my life is. I don't even understand why. I think, well, no, I do know why. Because I didn't believe that this was really going to happen. And because I still wanted to protect him because he had moved to my state. He had friends, but he didn't have any close friends. And I had all of my family here. And so, like a moron. I said, you know what? Okay, I'll go to my mom's house and you can stay in the house. And I packed all my stuff and I packed my son and I left the house that I loved so that he would have a place to stay instead of making him go live with one of his single buddy friends or figure it out. I figured it out for him. I was still making his life easier when he was breaking up with me. And I just, uh, that I hate myself for that. I, I think back and I'm just like, you dummy, you dummy, you dummy. But I can't dwell because it's not healthy. But I, I regret that more than many things that I have done in my life. I really regret that move. Who knows what would have happened, what would have happened at that point. But I should have, not walked away from my house. I should have not done it, but I did. And that is where my journal begins. And so I think with that, I will end this episode. I hope that you found it interesting. I hope that you're interested in hearing what happens next. I hope that if you're going through a divorce or have gone through a divorce, that maybe you kind of, um, will be able to feel some sort of connection to this journey and, I hope that I can bring hope and inspiration for those that are going through it now. So you see that there is sun shining on the other side of all of this pain. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to seeing you on the next one. And please, if you liked this episode, feel free to subscribe and comment, share, leave an opinion. All right, everyone. I will see you on the next one. Bye.